Uh, welcome to the lesson study time. And today we are, it's, it's actually a Bible study. It's actually a Bible study. Um, as you see here, I hope it gets there. Well, it looks like it has. Good. Lest we forget, and it's Sabbath school Bible study. It's Sabbath school Bible study. So if you, if you forget your quarterly at home, you can still have Sabbath school Bible study because it's based on the Bible. All right? It's based on the Bible. Now, we want to go quickly into, into this, and so it will be very interactive. As usual, when I teach this lesson, you know, I was able last year to visit 44 churches here um, in the conference, um, in the South England conference, and do Sabbath school, and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying to help you to understand that the Sabbath school lesson is the only time in the entire church's program where everybody can talk. Every time else, it's either somebody singing, uh, praise team probably singing, and nobody knows the song, or, you know, the, the preacher's preaching, and, you know. But, but the Sabbath school time is the time where everybody can talk. So the one thing that I don't like is go to a Sabbath school class, and then you hear one voice all the time, that of the teacher who has all this knowledge in his head that he wants to pour it out on us. Actually, cooperative learning says that the teacher is just a facilitator. Everyone has some experience. We all put it into a big pool, and everybody drink from it. So we all learn, all right? So we want to do that today, and so I'm going to ask you to, you know, come out of your comfort zone and stand up and move around a bit, and et cetera, et cetera. Lest we forget, it's our last uh, quarter's Last lesson for the quarter, and we aim to, uh, our aims are to, to identify God's expectations of Israel. We want to know that God is always faithful to his people. We want to feel, appreciate God's faithfulness to his people at all times. And obviously we want to do to practice acts of faithfulness to God and spouses at all times. So here we go into our lesson. We have a roving mic around, and we have to do this very quickly. I would like someone to read for me Isaiah 54, 5, and 6, and another person to read 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. Why am I doing this? This is the best way that you can get everybody to be involved, even if they study or they didn't study. One of the questions that you don't ask in Sabbath school is, let me see the hands of all those who have studied their lesson this week. That's a negative question. Sabbath school is a positive place. It's a happy place. When you leave Sabbath school, you must leave encouraged and inspired. If you ask, let me see the hands of all those who have studied, all your visitors suddenly cringe in the corner because they don't even know what is the Sabbath school lesson. All those who have not studied feel that they can't contribute, so they are in another corner. And then you have all those who study all the time. They're the ones who dominate the lesson study. So, okay, so do we have someone there, uh, Elder? Good. Could you stand up and say your name, sir? Yeah. What's Alan, your name? Alan Samuel from Welling Church. Um, Elder Samuel. Yes. Okay, good. Can, can everybody repeat after me? Elder Samuel, we love you. Amen. Man, you got a lot of love. Come on, read. Amen. I'm reading from Isaiah 54, 5 and 6. For mm -hmm. thy maker is thine husband. Good. The Lord of hosts is his name. Mm -hmm. And thy redeemer of the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall be, shall he be called. Verse 6, for the Lord has called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth 
when thou was refused, says thy God. Praise God. Can we get somebody read 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19? Now, this is a good way to get people involved. Now, always, always never um, point to someone and say, you read, because you don't know if the person could read. And you would embarrass them. So you always ask for volunteers. And this is a good way for your visitors to volunteer, to read, so they are part of the Sabbath school. First, first Peter 1.18. Who's got that? Good. What's your name, sis? My name is Joan Mitchell. Joan. Sister Joan, we love you. Come on, everybody. Come on. Praise God. Come on. Go first, ahead. First Peter 1, mm -hmm. verses 18 and 19. Go ahead. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things hmm. as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I want you to turn to the person next to you, the person that you found out the right name of, or a little boy once told me the righted name of and this is the question that you will discuss why does God deserve to be honored by our gifts or why why is God why is God deserve to be honored by our gifts turn to the person next to you and discuss that now this is the basic unit of cooperative learning it is called peer and shear why is God deserve to be honored by our gifts. You're okay in terms of time. We've finished that 10 to All right, you have one minute more. Ensure that everybody's talking. This is a beautiful Sabbath school. I'm hearing a healthy buzz. That's what you want in Sabbath school. Not one person dominating the conversation. And then to end it off, try to apply it now. In what ways can God be honored by your gifts to him? Apply it practically now. In what ways can God be honored by your gifts to him? Okay. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, you see, the thing with, 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 with the book of Hosea, the central theme is that God has always been faithful to his people. And because God has been faithful to his people, he wants us to be faithful to him also. So that's a theme. God is saying that I have been faithful to you in spite of your unfaithfulness. And because of that faithfulness, you deserve to be faithful to me because there's nobody else like you. Can, can somebody tell me, what? Well, where's the mic? One, one, one response or two. What did you discuss? You can shout to me, I can hear you. What did you discuss with your partner? Right here. 
that God is our maker, so he deserves our praise, our gifts, or everything. Everybody agree with that? Yes. Good. One, one, one cross here. Everything belongs to him. You mean that house that you're paying the mortgage for that belongs to God? Let me see the hands of all those who have six children here. Six. You have six children. No, I have four. Um, sorry. You be, you, those children belong to God or they belong to you and your husband? Let me see the hands of all those who have two million in the bank. Sorry. I know nobody here. <laughs> You'll be buying some of those churches. But everything that you have belongs to who? God. To God. So at the end of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, the point or at the end of this section, there is one big point, one general point as the teacher of the class or the facilitator that you want everybody to take away. And let's see what that is. Let's see what that is. That big takeaway point is this, that God deserves to be honored by our services and by our... Can everybody read it with me? God deserves to be honored by our services and our gifts. So we can take that away with us, that when we come up here to sing or to perform services or to clean the church or whatever, we are not doing it because of the pastor, the elder, the conference, or when we give the tithes, you know, some folks like to say, well, you know, we are paying our tithes, so we should. It's God. Everything belongs to God. Praise God. Did somebody say amen? amen? Amen. Good. So we go on to the second section. Now, note very carefully that I'm not doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You will never ever finish in Sabbath school. So what we're doing, we're taking out the big points. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's for you in your own personal study. When you come to church, we take the big points, okay? Good. I want somebody to read for me Genesis chapter 2, 24, 25, and Malachi 2, 16. Who? Where's the mic? Who's got it? Uh, the mic man has forgotten me? <laughs> he's, busy, he's busy trying to clear the crowd. Well, you know, he has so many things to do. Who's going to read that for me? Can somebody stick their hand? Look, there's a hand here, there's a hand there, there's a hand there. All right, let's go. Genesis 24 uh, and 25. What's your name, sis? Veronica. Oh, oh Veronica. Is, uh, okay, Veronica. Everybody, Veronica, we love you. <laughs> Read on, Sister Veronica. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, mm -hmm. and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. Verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Good. Malachi 2.16. Thank you very much, Sister Veronica. Malachi 2.16. There was a hand right there. She's right there. She, she, she really, she really and truly, and she deserves the love. What's your name, sis? My name is Lucy, and I'm from Cheltenham Church. Uh, the first name? Gloucester Church. No, your name. Lucy. Lucy. Everybody, Sister Lucy, we? Oh, man, you never had so many people telling you I love you. God bless you, Sister Lucy. Go on, read on for me. Malachi 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 16 reads, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. Hmm. For one covers violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. You know, one of the big things in the book of Malachi that God had a problem with was divorce. Unfaithfulness. Now, here's the question. Why does God hate divorce? Why does God hate divorce? I want you to stand. Everybody, stand for me. Stand for me. Interactive Sabbath School. And I want you to form groups of four. So just turn and form a little four there. Everybody, come on, come on, come on. Interactive Sabbath School. Come on. 
Come on. Form groups of four and discuss this question. Why does God hate divorce? Why does God hate divorce? Why does God hate divorce? All right, one minute more. Now you can see a lot in one minute. <laughs> Ensure everybody shares in the group, okay? Ensure everybody shares. Why does God hate divorce? I know this is a hot potato topic. Why does God hate divorce? All right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Man, I'm sure you have a whole lot to tell me. <laughs> I'm sure you have a whole lot to tell me. But because of the circumstance and situation that we're in, I'm sure that you must have learned something from your group, um, etc. Can can come um, who who has something to say? Who has something to say? Very quickly. From from the back there. Can you can you say any anybody has something to say? Why does God hate divorce? What did you discuss? Just stick your hand up, yes. All right, all right, I see there are those who are still discussing. You're, you're so happy in Sabbath school, you're still discussing. God bless you, but please stop now. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> all right. Hello. Hello. Um, what God has put together, let Hello? no man put asunder. All right, well, okay, mm, good. Go ahead, who's talking? Uh, James here from North London. Thank you very much. Uh, God started the institution of marriage. Yes. And uh, God deals with people by giving covenants. So if we break the covenant, God is not happy with that. So, so the whole institution of marriage is about a covenant. So yeah, if a man God, is beating the life out of you, yeah. he's breaking that covenant, isn't it? Yeah, so God does not like our side of the covenant to be broken. And also the consequences of divorce are many. The whole family and everybody around it suffer. Everybody suffers. Psychologically, physically, financially, good. and everything. Good. So it's not good. And it's not good Excellent. for the church. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank sir. You, and you, very you, much. you see, the problem that, 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 that one of the, the problems that God had with Israel was that they, they were married. That's why he makes reference to the wife of your youth. They were married. These guys would marry. And when the wife becomes a little old, you know, sometimes men look a little younger, even though they don't, they might not necessarily perform younger. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. But they will just put away their wives and marry a younger woman. Uh, and that's why some of them get heart attacks and so. But that's a different story. Um, 
So, so, so this is the personal question for everybody now. This is a personal question for everybody that you have to answer personally. How would you rate your faithfulness to your spouse? You have to answer that. You have to answer that. You know, some people emphasize the ring, but you can still take off the ring and do a thing and put it on back. You know? So how, how, how is your faithfulness to your spouse when your spouse is not around, when etc., etc.? We got to roll on. So what can we take away from this section? What can we take away from this section? Um, we can take away that marriage is an act of faithfulness between who? Husband and wife. Man and woman being married, husband and wife. An act of faithfulness. Okay, we got to roll. We got to roll quickly. Uh, I might just have to skip one so that we can, um, we're, doing, we're doing well though. Um, who can read for me Malachi 3, 8 to 10? Who can read that one? Okay, we have uh, Sister Anita is here. Where, where's, the, where's the mic? Okay, Sister Anita, I know she has a very loud voice. She does witnessing in Halsden and these places and she shouts out the gospel and everybody hears. Go ahead. All right, but before you read Sister Anita, everybody, Sister Anita, we love you. Excellent. Go ahead, Sister Anita. Malachi 3, verses 8 to 10. Mm -hmm. Will a man rob God? Mm -hmm. Yet he have robbed me. But he say, wherein have we robbed thee? Mm -hmm. In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Praise God. Now, um, what, what is the central idea in these verses? What, if you, if you, when, you, when you hear that verse or those verses being read, what do you see? All those are visual. Shout out to me. What do you see? You see what? Faithfulness. All those who are very, uh, those who are, you know, oil factory, those who like to smell. What do you smell in there? Do you smell a rat there somewhere? Do you smell the people who are cheating on God? That God himself had to say, well, man, come on. What are you saying? And then you're asking me, will a man... You know, and then you say, well, wherein have we robbed you, Lord? As if I don't know everything. What do you feel? Do you feel any tinge of sadness in God's tone as that verse has been written? Huh? Will a man rob God? You're asking me this, yet you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. And what do you see? So we had what? We had all the feelings there. Feel, smell, see. Which is the other one? Taste. What do you taste? Do you taste anything? Can you taste selfishness in that you want to keep everything for yourself, even though God has given you everything? So how does the act of tithing strengthen your spirituality? How does that strengthen your spirituality? You develop faith. Let me see the hands of all those who pay tithe. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. It's just. <laughs> when you're short, when you're short with your expenses for the month, and then you still have to take tithe out. You know, I thank, I'm thankful that I work with the South England Conference, and they take the tithe out before, before you can get your hand on it. <laughs> you ought to agree to that anyhow. 
But when you're short, does it take faith to pay the tithe and hope that God will take, to trust that God will take care? Yes. When you need something and then that tithe is all that's left, what do you do? Are you faithful to God in that way, trusting God that he will take care of you? I think we should. I think we should. We should always do what God says because all God always keeps his promises. What do you say? So what can we take away? And then after this, we just have one more for, to cover the lesson. What do we take with that? That tithing, read it with me, everybody. That tithing is an act of faithfulness to who? To God. It's an act of faithfulness. It's an act of worship. It's an act of appreciating what God has done for us. All right, this is our final section for the Sabbath school uh, lesson, and we would have covered the entire lesson. Malachi 3, 13 to 18. Who's going to read it for me very quickly? I want somebody who can run very fast, like you saying both to read it. Who's going to do it? Somebody has started. We need to get a mic to them because I'm not. All right, right there. Now you got to run, son. <laughs> I'm glad we have a slim young man who will run with a mic. What's your name, sis? Jessica Watson. Sister Jessica, we love you. Thank you. Go ahead, Sister Jessica, very quickly. Your words have been stout against me, says mm -hmm. the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Hmm. Ye have said, it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, mm -hmm. and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and the book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Praise God. Praise God. What, in one word, what do you think that God will remember about the righteous? Can everybody agree to that? What would God remember? The faithfulness of the righteous. What would you like God to remember about you? Faithfulness? Stinginess? No? What do you like God to remember about you? I want God to remember about me faithfulness. That I am faithful to God. Not only faithful to, to God in my tithes and my offerings, but faithful to my family, faithful to, to the service that God has called me to. And therefore, as we close up this lesson study now, we can take away that God knows all things, whether they are good or whether they are bad, and, but what he wants from us is faithfulness. So therefore, these are the points that, that we looked at, that we can take away with us, that God deserves to be honored by our services and our gifts. Marriage is an act of faithfulness between husband and wife. Tithing is an act of faithfulness to God. God knows all things, whether they are good or whether they are bad. And therefore, I wish you all that you will prosper, you and your family, that may God smile on you, give you sunshine always, and have a happy Sabbath. God bless you. Amen.